Hey, howdy, hi, it's me, Zombie Brian. Welcome back to the Zombie Shorts Podcast. And welcome to the first ever episode of what I'd like to call... This is an idea that I had a a while ago. Uh, I made it into a little series on YouTube and just kind of fell out of making it at some point, so I wanted to bring it back for the podcast. Basically, I'm going to do the same thing I usually do on here, which is review a movie. But with Slasher Sunday, it's obviously not going to be just any movie. It's going to be a slasher film. And it's most likely going to be from the golden age of slashers, the 80s. But I do plan on tossing in a few newer and older films every so often. Okay? You got it? Everybody up to speed? Good! Great! Grand! Wonderful! So for the maiden voyage of this series, I thought it was best to start off with a bang. Something outlandish. Something unheard of. Something that would shock the world having no knowledge of the existence of this film. I'm talking about a little ditty called Blood Harvest. Now, I know what you're thinking. The title sounds more generic than if Raisin Bran released a brand-only cereal, which would would literally just be a bowl full of uh, evil promises of constipation and no fucking raisins! I want the raisins! Give me the goddamn raisins! And two scoops in every box, my massive ass! I'm sorry. I'm quite passionate about my breakfast. Anyway, seriously, uh, don't pay attention to the title of this movie because it literally has no connection to what happens in the movie. It's it's like making another Rocky movie and calling it Boulder Dash. Or another Friday the 13th movie and calling it Jason Takes Manhattan. (laughs) So this run-of-the-mill bloodbath was directed by Bill Rebane. Rebane? Rebane? That guy. Who's made such classics as The Game, and The Capture of Bigfoot, and The Giant Spider Invasion. That one actually sounds kind of amazing. And he also made the very popular Monster Agogo. If you don't know what Monster Agogo is, count yourself lucky you don't have to go to sleep every night wondering why you chose to witness the good name of 60s filmmaking be shit on for an hour and eight minutes. Anyway, this movie stars a bunch of nameless assholes who, to my knowledge, never went on to bigger and better things after this. Except for one, the major selling point of this movie. The only reason anyone probably cares to see it. Of course, I'm talking about Tiny Tim. What? Yep. What the fuck? You heard me correctly. This movie stars Tiny Tim as a mentally unstable man who likes to sing and dress up like a clown. You son of a bitch. Now, if that isn't perfect casting. I mean, I think this could be the first instance where someone acknowledged how creepy Tiny Tim was. Gary and Jill went up the hill. To fetch a pail of water, Gary fell down and broke his crown. And Jill came tumbling after. It's a very unique way of singing, but surely someone at some point had to recognize how much shit ended up in their shorts after hearing his voice and said this guy would be perfect for a horror movie. And I guess, uh, I guess someone did because uh, this is this is what we got. We got Blood Harvest. A movie about a girl named Jill who comes back home from college and notices her parents are gone, and so she searches for them for for about 45 seconds before completely forgetting that they exist, and the plot moves on without them. How unfortunate. Have you seen my dad? No, I haven't. Hmm. How about my mom? No, she hasn't been in. Okay. Well, thanks anyway. Have a good day. Sure, bye. Basically, you got the sheriff of the town who apparently hates his fucking job because literally anytime anyone calls to report something, he's just very upset about it. Uh, uh, I'm sorry that your dinky little cousin fucker farm town is in trouble constantly. Maybe if you were out doing your job! <clears throat> just a suggestion. <clears throat> Sir, you have no call to get snippy with me. I'm just doing my job here. Then Jill goes to the diner where she meets her friend Sarah. For visual context, Sarah is hotter than Jill, but Sarah doesn't get naked in this movie. That's a big slasher no-no. Strike one, Blood Harvest. Anyway, Sarah gives Jill a ride to her house, and she sees a bunch of uh, hate speech painted all over the walls and the door. Shit like bastard, scum, thief, get out! 
That's when, uh, that's when we meet the Marvelous Mervo for the first time, who is played by the late, great Tiny Tim. Marvelous Mervo at your service. Oh, God damn, you scared the shit out of me! What the hell is going on around here? I brought you some flowers, Jill. Where are my parents? I picked these especially for you. Merv, I want some answers. Don't you want them? Right from the get-go, we understand why they decided to cast him and make him the poster child of the film. Because let's be honest, this fucking movie would, wouldn't be remembered today at all if it weren't for Tiny Tim. I hate when they do that. You, know, you put all your eggs in one tiny little Tim basket and hope he saves the whole movie. Luckily, he sort of does. Literally. But more on that later. So right before Tiny Tim goes full-blown, uh, Tiny Tim, I guess, we're interrupted by Jill's other friend, Gary, who happens to be the brother of Mervyn. Mervyn is the real name of the Marvelous Mervo, by the way. I just want... It's gonna get fucking out of hand, because one minute I'll call him Mervo, the next it's Tiny Tim, and maybe later it'll be Mervyn. You know, who knows? I'm a super unpredictable. All is comedy! <laughs> now, for context on Gary, this boy has been friend-zoned hard. Like, fucking real hard. Harder than me, dude. You see... I met someone, Gary. And we got engaged. I was afraid you are going to say that. Matter of fact, I knew that once you left Winchester, that would probably happen. I'm sorry. Well, I've got some chores to do, and i got to check in on Merv. This guy's got a massive crush on her, and he's weird about it. Also, like me. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not weird. Seriously, don't. Do can we? Can we cut that part, please? Anyway, later, Jill gets an obscene phone call. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> oh, dude, that's actually in the movie. That's amazing. Anyway, sorry. So she gets an obscene phone call. Fuck you, bitch. And then runs out of the house through the woods and doesn't make it to Grandma's house because she gets shot in the face with a paintball. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure why that had to be included. Uh, I'm also not a scientist, but I'm. I'm pretty sure getting shot in the in the fucking forehead with a paintball would kill someone, right? I mean. I don't know. Either way, while this nonsense is going on with Jill, we get random scenes intercut with Mervo just, you know, doing weird, crazy Christian farmer shit. At night, when the mask is off, I look at myself. I may make the world think I'm happy, but I can't hide the truth for myself. Whatever happens, I must go on acting, acting, acting. Be a polyacho love. <laughs> Clown! And then eventually Gary thinks with all this time he's been spending with Jill that she's starting to fall in love with him. So he puts on the charm to the max, but she ain't buying whatever he's selling. Anyway, later the killer finally shows up, or, or at least his black-gloved hand does. <laughs> it's very, very Argento of you, Blood Harvest. But Jill's taking a shower, and the killer turns the water off to scare her, which I'm not, I don't know, I don't know why that, that scared her, but you know, it's the 80s. Kids are stupid. Fuck it. I only mention this part because this is the first time Jill gets naked, which starts a waterfall effect of moments that try to find excuses for her to be topless or just straight up fully nude. Like, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not complaining. It's just like, you know, the rules of slasher films say boobs and blood first, and we get that here, but like, you don't gotta try that hard. We already have Tiny Tim acting normal throughout this movie. Do we really need the gratuitous boob shots? Hey, 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 oh right, Jesus, I'm sorry! Anyway, later, Jill prank calls the sheriff's office by accident, again, because she thought she saw someone outside playing on a random swing set that just happens to be in her backyard, you know, because plot or something. This is Jill Robinson. 
over here right now, there's someone sitting on the swing outside. I'm all alone here. What's this, uh, Jill? Another little fantasy? Uh, not a nightmare, of course not. Just get over here, Sheriff. You're liable to have another unsolved crime on your hands. Then she gets chloroformed by the killer out of fucking nowhere and, and like stripped and tied to the bed. And the killer takes photos of her naked, unconscious body. Bro, I'm telling you, this movie would never make it through the Gen Z censors nowadays. The next morning, we're introduced to another random character who seems to be Jill's boyfriend. In the movie, this guy's name is Scott, but I'm shitting you not. Look it up on IMDb. He's literally listed as boyfriend in the credits. Like, are you... <laughs> How much of a useless character do you have to be to just be called boyfriend? Like, <laughs> oh god. But there's literally no mention of this guy before, though. He just sneak attacks her while she's sleeping because apparently in the 80s it was absolutely hilarious to assault women while they're unconscious. This guy is a total knob, like the literal definition of tool bag. He somehow persuades Jill to get naked and have the sex in the living room. I assume this is because it's been like six minutes since we've seen her tits, so we, we need a reminder. And while this is going on, Gary is outside being the most obvious peeping Tom ever. He's a peeping Tom. I just said that, Marty. Keep up, man. Anyway, absolutely fuck all happens with the plot for the next, like, 20 minutes. More talking, more Mervo being fucking weird and cryptic, more boobs, no deaths in a slasher film. God damn it. I may choose to wear the costume of a clown. I may get confused sometimes since my accident, but inside, I still fly like I used to, high in the trapeze, looking down on the tiny ants below. Then all of a sudden, one night while Sarah came to visit, as she's leaving, the killer finally shows up and shows his face. But like, he's wearing, you know, those stupid nylon pantyhose that flattens your face and makes you look like you put your profile picture through that one old filter like eight times before you started looking like Mother Teresa. You know you know what I'm talking about. It's like abundantly clear who the killer is at that point, but like, it's the 80s, and I, and I don't think they intended the audience to be that smart to notice who it is. So, strike two, Blood Harvest. This movie obviously doesn't hold up over time. Anyway, uh... What was I talking about? Oh yeah, uh, so the killer chases Sarah into the barn and shoots her in the hand with an arrow because she was way too fast for him and he needed to slow her down apparently, I, I guess. Then he violates her, tears her shirt off, still no boobs, hangs her upside down and cuts her throat like a pig. K kinda gruesome, actually, not gonna lie. One thing I will say about the effects is uh, they're pretty good. I mean, it's nothing special. Like, I'm not, I'm not talking, like, chest opening up and eating someone's arms type practical effects, but for how low budget and pointless this movie seems, they definitely didn't skimp on the effects, which literally is just a bunch of sliced throats, but, you know, Tom Savini would be proud because it looks real good. Anyway, that night, Jill gets fucking chloroformed by the killer again. Also, by the way, these chloroform attacks aren't like some brutal survival moment where Jill fights for her life. No, she doesn't even know there is a killer yet. He just lightly places a handkerchief on her mouth, and she acts like the Holy Spirit leaves her body and then passes out within five seconds. <laughs> I don't have experience with chloroform or, or kidnapping, but I'm pretty sure that it takes longer than that. Anyway, the killer drags Jill to the barn where Scott, her boyfriend, is now hanging in place of Sarah. When, when the fuck did he get there? Did he, did he hang himself up there? I, mean, I wasn't paying attention. This movie has the absolute testicles to slow down in the middle of an already pointless plot, so I'm sorry if Scott's presence in the barn was explained at some point. I missed it. Anyway, fuck him. He's gonna die anyway, I bet. But before anything can happen, the cops show up and ruin everything. The killer somehow has time to drag Jill back into the house, 
before the cop makes it up the driveway. Please, God, take your time, deputy dickhead. And then that's it. He doesn't come back for her. But he does cut Scott's throat. Ha! I told you he'd die, fucker. But, like, what What the hell was the point of dragging Jill out to the barn? The cop left. He, he didn't stick around. You could have, like, went back to your plan, but whatever, dude. Oh, by the way, I should mention, uh, while the killer was, uh, killing Jill's friends, he was collecting their blood in a bucket to eventually play, what a surprise, another practical joke on Jill by hiding the bucket in the fridge. And when she opens it, she gets covered in the blood of her fallen allies. Like a less effective, not that shocking Carrie prom night moment. Now this is where it gets weird, because Gary shows up, weirdly enough, at the, that exact moment, and takes Jill in the shower to get her clean. That's not too suspicious, but but then he ends up getting her completely naked. What a shocker. Uh, and then laying her down on the couch. She's she's passed out, by the way, for some reason. Don't, I don't I didn't quite figure out why that happened. But then we go to Pornhub.com and watch as Gary slowly molests Jill. He gets naked himself and literally tries to knock boots with Jill again while she's unconscious. Why the fuck is everyone more interested in Jill while she's sleeping? I don't understand. What the fuck is this mouth? But thank God the director has some sense, and Jill wakes up before Gary can commit a literal crime on his alleged best friend. She tells him to fuck off, basically, and he's like, alright, fine, I will. Oh, I'm sorry, is the little baby upset that he didn't get to drink his illegal baba? Fucking creepy son of a bitch. Gary? You're crazy! You're crazy! Get away from Thank me! You. I'll look after you now. Gary, don't make me hate I'll you! you I love you like a brother! No matter what I do, I'll get the bastard who Scott, did this too. Please, Scott, where I love are you? I always have. Leave me alone! <laughs> Alright, now this is the part where I usually say spoilers ahead. If you don't want to know how this movie ends, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but stop listening right now. Come back when you've watched the movie. Or if you, if you just you don't really give a shit, then stick around and let's finish this shit. So Mervyn shows up and takes Jill to uh, his house? Uh, I, I don't. I don't really know. I don't, the landscape is weird in this movie. I'm. I'm just gonna assume it's his house because there's like a bunch of photos and letters and shit on the kitchen table that basically admits Gary is a creepy psycho murderer. And then what a shocker! Gary shows up. Now, as I said earlier, uh, when Sarah got attacked, you could see who the killer was very clearly. It, it was very clearly Gary. Like they didn't even attempt to hide it. Or again, maybe they thought that they were hiding it pretty well and just assumed the audience was stupid. Incredible. One of the worst performances of my career, and they never doubted it for a second. Anyway, Mervyn actually tries to help Jill by taking her hostage and blaming the whole discovery on her. I mean, I, 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 get, what he, I get what he's doing, but you really fucking tossed her under the bus, my dude. Gary gets pissed about this, and then we get a brief clumsy hand-to-hand -hand combat fight between the brothers before Jill breaks loose and accidentally shoots Mervyn. And then, and then Gary goes to put on his killer costume and chase Jill to the barn only to take his pantyhose mask off to reveal he was in fact the killer yes i believe we figured that out you don't have to spoon feed us the twist ending movie strike three blood harvest you did a horrible job of hiding it anyway so there's like a whole chase scene throughout the barn and around the barn and blah 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 but actually while the chase scene was going on gary was spitting exposition like a fucking agitated king cobra apparently he did it all because he was upset that she left for college and wanted to make something of herself bro <laughs> the friend zone is a very dangerous place. Remember that, ladies. You must see 
When you went away to college, I felt very lonely for a long time. And I never got over it. And I knew it was hopeless. Oh, yes, I did. But then I realized, if you felt alone and isolated like me, you'd understand why I need you so much. Anyway, Gary has Jill right where he wants her. And then suddenly, fucking Mervyn pops out of nowhere and shoots Gary in the shoulder. Like, like a literal, it's a literal flesh wound, but the man dies. I mean, at, at this point, I don't care, but like, Jesus Christ, they're not even trying. And then the last shot of the movie is Gary on the ground, very clearly breathing still. And then he opens his eyes. Ooh, shocker. <laughs> and then credits. And so there you have it. That is the end of Blood Harvest. And I gotta say, it seems like a, a useless movie. Without the presence of Tiny Tim, this movie would just be another generic slasher film. That wouldn't even be that good because there's barely any kills. There's tons of nudity, but barely any kills. And it wouldn't help that there was a variety of kills, not just slashing throats. But anyway, if you are interested in watching Blood Harvest, it's on Tubi and Plex for free. So go have at it. But anyway, thank you for listening, and I hope that this series uh, continues more than it did on YouTube. And uh, I guess I'll see you next time. Yeah.